It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to talk all about Chris Paul making the second team All-NBA, what the NBA has done with the voting ballots, Giannis winning his second straight MVP award, Doc Rivers staying with the Clippers, and also the biggest questions surrounding the Thunder heading into this offseason. The show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off that next order. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD, and you can also call into the show anytime you want to, leaving a voicemail with any questions or takes or opinions that you have at 405-362-7128. So we're going to start with Chris Paul, and Chris Paul had a phenomenal season for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it was capped off last week whenever he was voted into uh, the second team All-NBA honors, and this streak continues. I mean, the Thunder have had an amazing run since they since they became a team in, in, a, in a move to Oklahoma City. They have had an amazing run. You know the names Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and now Chris Paul littering the All-NBA list for such a long time. They have the longest active streak of players on the All-NBA team since relocating to Oklahoma City in 2008. 
The Thunder have now had 17 All-NBA selections. That's the most of any team in the NBA during that span. Oklahoma City is the only NBA franchise to feature an All-NBA player on its roster during each season of the last 13 seasons. And he will go to the second All-NBA team, Chris Paulwell. And that's his first selection since 2015-16 season. So it was a fantastic season for Chris Paul. He also got some MVP votes. And it got capped off with a nice bow on it last week whenever he was announced to the All-NBA team. And last week, the MVP was announced. All the All-NBA teams were announced. The uh, defensive teams were announced. Everything was announced. And the NBA, for I think the first time ever, released the media members their ballots. They released everyone who every single person voted for. And the one guy that voted for Zion over Jaw. Also had Pat Bev as his defensive player of the year, which honestly should be enough to get your vote taken away. Because to me, there isn't a right or wrong answer in an opinion, in an opinion aspect like this one, as long as you can provide logic and evidence to why you're doing what you're doing. So if he could have said something to the effect of, you know, a, a true explanation of why he voted for Zion or why he voted for Patrick Beverly. There is no reason to vote for those two guys. None. He's a Chicago guy, so it's not like he had any um, he had any fear of a weird locker room dynamic. You know, if, if there's a guy, if he was in New Orleans, maybe you go, Ja, just so that we could tell Zion that you voted for him, if that really matters to you. But it's clear this guy just mailed it in. He didn't think he'd get caught. He just threw his just threw his votes around. He didn't care about having a ballot, so he should get it taken away from him. If you're not going to take it seriously and you're not going to vote on these awards with integrity, you shouldn't have a ballot because it's costing players a lot of money. He also had terrible All-NBA team ballots and All-Defensive team ballots, obviously, uh, since he voted for Patrick Beverly as a a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. You can imagine what the rest of his defensive ballots look like. And that costs players money. They get incentives to be on those All-NBA teams, those All-Defensive teams, And if you're not going to get seriously, you shouldn't have a vote. I think that the media should not control anything with incentives, but that's something that the union and the NBA will have to go back and forth on in this next CBA. But I think that the media shouldn't have anything to do with that, honestly. But the thing with with that specific answer, that specific idea to, to vote for Zion was stupid because the only thing he cited was, well, the NBA built a schedule around Zion. They expanded the bubble for Zion, and he deserves the vote because of that. Okay, then did you already cast your vote for LaMelo Ball? Because LaMelo Ball is the most recognizable rookie in the upcoming class. So he's going to be the most recognizable rookie for the next class. If you're only going to do it based on who's recognizable as your rookie of the year, then you should have already already casted your vote a year ahead of time, which he probably did, to be completely honest with you. That's not what rookie of the year is about. And it's not a big deal because, you know, the difference of the one vote mattered not. But still, it's just that kind of um, that kind of attitude about voting for these awards is just so strange to me, especially whenever you literally hold thousands and thousands of dollars in your hands for these guys. It's so weird. It really is. I will say that that's really the only guy I had a problem with, the guy from the Chicago Sun, Tribune, World News, .com, Daily, whatever it was called. That's the only person I have a problem with. People were going at Maria Taylor for some of the things that she voted for. I don't have a problem with anything about Zach Lowe or Maria Taylor. I don't disagree. I don't agree with all their ballots. I don't agree with every pick that Zach Lowe made. But, for example, he can go through each 
player that he voted for. He can go through each and every award he voted for and give a logical thought on answer. We can understand his thought process and understand how he got to that conclusion. It's not just, well, before the year, the NBA built an entire, you know, primetime schedule around Zion. That doesn't matter. That does not matter whatsoever when you're deciding who the rookie of the year is. So I, I'm fine with Murray Taylor uh, and her ballot. I'm fine with Zach Lowe's ballot. I'm fine with everyone, else, everyone else's ballot. It's just the fact that this guy, who I don't know how he got to vote at the Chicago Suns Times Centennial News.com daily, but he's going to vote for Zion and Pat Bev as the rookie of the year and defensive player of the year. That shows you that he does he either does not watch basketball or he doesn't care or he just wants to be different. And that really is not what it's about. And that's that's why you shouldn't really have media voted on awards be incentivized in contracts. You just shouldn't. The media, uh, by and large, is not smart enough and it doesn't take it seriously enough to do this, to, to handle that aspect of it. They just don't. Maybe if you had the media members who, who cared about it, who thought it was still a cool honor to vote for that stuff and would take it seriously, then you'd have a better representation of what should have happened. But, you know, Kyle Lowry not getting more votes in the all-defensive team category was silly. A lot of it was messed up because you have a lot of guys like the, like the Chicago guy who just do the most ridiculous things. But Giannis did win his second uh, MVP, back-to-back MVPs for Giannis. He also won Defensive Player of the Year. Credit to, to Giannis. I know that he had a terrible postseason. I know that he had a, a failure of a postseason. He was hurt dealing with an injury. There's still something to say for playing an 82-game or you know 66-game, whatever we played before the hiatus, playing a length of time of top-notch basketball. He had my MVP vote. Uh, I'm glad that he won the award. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Dirk's MVP. Gets bounced by the by the Warriors in the first round of his MV, MVP season, but that's still one of my favorite times watching basketball is watching what Dirk was able to do that MVP year. I mean, he was incredible. It doesn't matter that he failed the postseason. It doesn't matter that it's an embarrassing postseason loss. He was still incredible for the regular season, and it's a regular season award. I think that Giannis deserved this award, of course. And then before the break, Doc Rivers is going to stay put in L.A., it seems like. It seems like he'll be the Clippers coach next year. And I mention this only because Steve Ballmer is the owner, and he's very active. He's very hands-on. He's very much um, controlling on and off the floor. I wonder if you're going to keep Doc Rivers what you're going to change. Because to me, a guy who has invested so much into this organization, Steve Ballmer, who has just been passionate since day one about this organization, do you really think that he can sit idly by while he's building a new stadium, while he's hoping for a championship, while he's ultra competitive trying to uh, turn this franchise around? He's going to keep everything the same after what we saw in the bubble, after what we saw in the postseason. Everything's going to stay the same. If Doc Rivers is back, I wonder if heads roll in a different capacity, such as a Paul George trade. Because that's really the only move that they can make, is trading away Paul George. But going back to Chris Paul making the second team All-NBA, it is just incredible the last 11 years seeing this run the Thunder have gone on in Oklahoma City, no less, of just all-time great players. Even players who have not been named to All-NBA teams while with Thunder. You've seen some Hall of Famers come through Oklahoma City, even if it's just for a short time or at the end of their careers like Derek Fisher or Carmelo Anthony. It's been incredible to see the talent that has just ran through 
Oklahoma City, and it's got to get you excited for the next group, the next core of Thunder players who will try to continue the streak next year uh, or start their own streak in a couple of years. It's going to be so fun to watch this team grow and enter Phase 2, Chapter 2 of this franchise. Coming up, we're going to talk about all the burning questions this offseason for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I kind of just wanted to reset the podcast as we enter off-season mode and off-season with a ton of questions, both with the league itself and with this organization. And the leadoff question has to be who the next coach is going to be. Who is going to be the next hire for Sam Presti? Who is going to be the fourth head coach in Thunder history? And I've talked about this on many, many, many podcasts since Billy Donovan was let go or their, you know, their parting of ways between the two parties. I think that Becky Hammond and Jerry Stackhouse would be my top two. And then Adrian Griffin is right there. I think that Adrian Griffin has the best shot at getting it. Uh, that's just from the Vegas odds and just knowing the relationship that he had with the Thunder prior to leaving. I think that Adrian Griffin could be could be in line to be the next head coach of the Thunder. And we'll see where Sam Presti goes with that. We'll see where Sam Presti hires. And you know, one thing's for certain, you cannot bet on Sam Presti against Sam Presti or anywhere near Sam Presti because he's going to pull something out of nowhere that you just never expected. So I think it's probably going to be Adrian Griffin, but it very well could not be because it's Sam Presti and you just never know. So that's what the Thunder really have to figure out is who the next head coach is going to be. Because as I've talked about before, there's really two options in this hire. You hire a stopgap coach, someone who you know is only going to be in Oklahoma City for this rebuild, this you know, two, three, four year window of, of rebuilding this team and trying to get back to the postseason. And then once you're ready to contend, once the pieces are in place, you supplant them with someone else or someone who you have a long term vision with, someone who you have a a projection of them being the next head coach when you are ready to hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy. That's really the two directions, and we have to figure out which direction the hire is going to go in once the hire is made. Again, with Jerry Stackhouse, Becky Hammond, Adrian Griffin, I would look at it as more long-term. If it is a Van Gundy or Retread type person like that, I would look at it as more of a stopgap hire. So it's going to be interesting. Sam Presti does not like the stopgap hire. He does not like the the overturn uh, from the head coach position really anywhere in the organization. He does not like to overturn things. So maybe Sam Presti goes with an option that you look at and you view them as a long-term solution to the head coaching question for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But that has to be the top priority is who's going to be the next head coach. The second biggest question is then what is Chris Paul's trade value? It's unclear if Chris Paul can be dealt before the season gets started. Frankly, we don't know when the season will get started. We don't know how the cap will change. We have a lot of questions about the NBA as a whole, much less the Thunder. 
But I think that given the desperation of teams, given the amount of teams who are now interested in Chris Paul, a deal will get done before game one. And the question is, of course, what's the value on that deal? Is the top of the line value simply Kevin Knox and a future first round pick that's heavily protected and, you know, salary cap matches like Julius Randle? Or is the value um, a great pick, such as the number eighth pick this year from the Knicks? What is the answer going to be to that question? What is Chris Paul going to get you back for this trade? And then Dennis Schroeder. His value will never be higher than this. It just simply won't. So whoever loses out on the Chris Paul sweepstakes that still wants a point guard can look no further than Dennis Schroeder. He's not going to be the starter guy. He's not going to be the impact guy uh, immediately, again, in your starting unit. But we saw his role and how much you can maximize his role in Oklahoma City. I think that teams are going to want to take a chance on him. Teams are going to want to invest in him. And they can do that. And the Thunder will trade him, I think. What's the return on that going to be? Because the, the return on those two trades really help help clear up the pathway for your return to contention. So I do, I, I want to see the coach. I want to see Chris Paul. I want to see Dennis get traded. And then number four, you have to figure out Steven Adams. And there's two ways you can go with Steven Adams. Number one, you trade him. He's an expiring contract. And expiring contracts are like gold in the NBA because especially in this market in which teams are vying for cap space in 2021, they want to get off of long-term money in favor of short-term deals that are going to expire before this free agency class that features Giannis and Kawhi and Paul George and all of these other talented players. They want to get off of money. Steven Adams helps them do that. And you look at the Thunder, they're not going to make a big splash in the free agency market next year. And they have cap space. They're losing. Of their top five highest earners, they're losing Chris Paul. They're losing Gallinari. They're losing Andre's big contract. Now, again, they could re-sign him. We'll talk about that later. But they're losing the, the big money contract. That's $35 million uh, from Andre. They're probably going to trade Dennis. And then you have Adams on an expiring deal. So uh, of Paul, Gallinari, Adam Schroeder, and, and Roberson, the only one that's for sure uh, even a question to come back at that number would be Steven Adams. I mean, the rest of them, I don't think Chris Paul's back with that number. I don't think that Gallo is back with that number. I don't think that Dennis is back. And then Adams uh, and, and Roberson. Adams is probably back with that same contract, but Roberson, he's obviously not going to get a huge money deal in the open market, even if he does return to Oklahoma City. So you can take back salary and feel really good about it because you're losing your most, your, you know, your highest earners, and you're left with a lot of guys like Shea, Baisley, uh, Dort, Diallo, Ferguson, a lot of guys who are making you know, one to $3 million. So you can take back long-term money. You really can. So with the Adams trade, uh, you can look at him trading. You can also look at it as he's really good for the culture. He's a fan favorite. It'll get people interested. And yes, you're going to pay him a lot of money this year. I mean, you're going to pay him a ton in 2020. That's, that's unquestionable. You're going to give him, you're going to give him $27.5 million in 2020. But I would say you're going to have the ability to do so and then re-sign him in 2021 with a crowded market with Adam's value going further and further down as the NBA shifts further and further away from his play style. 
you're going to get him on a very cheap deal if you do want to retain him. But you have to figure out what your role is for Adams because I don't think he can be a starting center for a championship-level team. I think he can be a really good backup center. I think he can have his, his moments and his spots in different matchups and different uh, rotations. But I don't think he can be your everyday center, your, your every-minute center, your majority-minute center on a championship team. And the Thunder are in a good position to either trade him if they want to because of that expiring deal or keep him around, let him build this culture, let him set this culture for the young guys and re-sign him for a team-friendly deal that's not $27.5 million. That's kind of where Oklahoma City's at with Stephen Adams, but they have to define a path for him and a path for this organization at that center spot because I think after three straight postseasons, we should all see the writing on the wall with the way the NBA is changing and the way that Adams is not changing and kind of realize what he is at this point, even though he's a very uh, big fan favorite and he is just beloved by Oklahoma City, and I get that, but he is what he is at this point, and the game has passed him by even since that contract, which at the time, it didn't look ridiculous. But you fast forward you know, three years down the line, four years down the line, and it does look ridiculous, and you're going to be able to renegotiate that and change that and lower that number in 2021. So those are the top four questions I have. It is who the coach is going to be, what's Chris Paul's value going to be, because we've, we've talked all about that. It went from in August, you know, last August, saying Chris Paul, you're going to have to give up assets for Chris Paul to move. You're going to have to give stuff up to get rid of him. No one's going to take that contract into December being, well, maybe they can get a flyer prospect into, you know, July being like, oh my gosh, they could actually get a nice little haul for Chris Paul. Where is it going to level out at? Because I don't think that you're going to get someone who is just jaw-dropping. I don't think you're going to get a jaw-dropping return. I don't think that whenever Woj sends the notification out to you saying that he's traded, that you're going to be floored. I also don't think that you're going to be just devastated with the return that they got, thinking that Oklahoma City could have gotten more. I just don't. So it's interesting to see where Oklahoma City will fall in that aspect of things. And then the Dennis and Adams thing. I think that they're going to trade Dennis, so then what can you get back for him? And with Steven Adams, I would just prefer that the Thunder pick a direction. If you're going to keep him around, that's totally fine. That's totally great. But he cannot be the guy you rely on for the majority of the minutes at the center position. That's just not the way the NBA is running anymore. That's not the direction they're going anymore. So I do want to see you know, Darius Baisley drop down to that five spot and different things you can do with this lineup and your creativity with that five spot as the NBA goes smaller and smaller and smaller, the Thunder have to keep up with the trends if they want to stay competitive down in the line. And you do not need to wait until down the line. You need to go right now to BuiltBar.com and get yourself a box of Built Bars. Built Bars are a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off that next order. They have six new amazing flavors, camel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. It's a fantastic protein bar with 100% chocolate on the outside, soft and easy to chew. It tastes just like a candy bar. Bill bars are great for the health conscious person, losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. I personally love the banana bread option. It's a fantastic protein bar that does truly taste like a candy bar. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off that next order at BuiltBar.com. And while supplies last, you'll get yourself a free cooler with every purchase. 
Let me know your favorite flavor of Built Bar on Twitter. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So I have 10 burning questions about this off season, but we're going to get to five today and five tomorrow. The last topic for today are the free agents to be. You have Andre Robertson's a free agent, Nerlis Noel, Delino Gallinari, Devin Hall, and Kevin Hervey. Now, of this list, I think that Gallo is gone in some capacity. I think that Gallo not only wants to cash in, but he also wants to contend somewhere. Uh, I know that it's been made pretty clear that he is more worried about getting that last big term, uh, you know, big money deal than competing, but he still wants to win, I think, and the winners uh, hopefully for him, we'll pay him. We'll see how that contract situation goes, but I could see him, of course, not being with the Thunder anymore. The one thing you can hope for if you're Oklahoma City is a sign-and-trade with Gallinari. The question would be, what does a sign-and-trade net you back with Gallinari? Uh, with this interesting offseason, with the cap going down, I'm not sure how likely the sign-and-trade option is anymore, but it's still floating out there. We'll see what they can do, but I would not expect Gallinari back. With Nerlens Noel, I think that he's going to get a small deal on the open market. Again, no teams want to invest in big long-term long-term contracts with the 2021 class right on the horizon. The cap is going to go down with the China incident and the uh, you know, hiatus and the no fans and the revenue loss, all of that. The cap's going to go down. And Noel has proven he's a nice little backup center. I would like him as my backup center, but he cannot take your team to the next level. He cannot get you over the hump. And you saw, just like Adams... When teams go small, although you would figure uh, a guy like Noel could could handle it, he couldn't. He could not handle the small ball lineup of the Thunder. Uh, excuse me, of the Rockets whenever he was with the Thunder. So, you know, with Noel, if he's coming back, that's fine. He's still a guy that's going to be a part of a tanking team and can be a, a tanking center effectively. If he doesn't come back, that makes sense too because he's going to want to try to compete. If you're going to come off the bench anyway, you might as well try to win off the bench. And I think that no matter where he goes, he's going to get a small-term deal, a, a small money, small years deal. For him, again, if you're going to come off the bench, you might as well try to win a championship. So I think that he will be gone. But if he's back in Oklahoma City, he's a nice backup center. And then Andre. For me, it seems like Andre will be back. Of course you're not going to pay him millions and millions of dollars. I think he'll be back on a minimum deal because you're going to be tanking anyway and You've invested so much in him, not only uh, financially, but also just throughout his entire NBA career, you've invested into him and you want to give him every chance he can have to rehab and to come back as a NBA player. We saw glimpses of it in the bubble, 
but it was not sustained. It was not enough time for him to jump right back in the fray. He comes back on a minimum on a minimum deal, and hopefully for him, he can prove he can still play in the NBA. I hope that he that he can come back. I think that the Thunder make the most sense for him because there's going to be no pressure on him. They're going to be able to baby him. They know exactly what's kind of gone into that rehab process. They've been with him every step of the way, and they're going to try to lose. So they don't need him to be a lockdown defensive player of the year candidate. They just need him to show the Thunder and other teams he can still play. It's a no-pressure situation, and it's an organization in which if you fail at first, if you fail in that first month, if you fail you know, in half a year, they're not going to dump you or get rid of you or bench you or whatever because they're, A, trying to lose, and two, because they've invested so much in you already, they want to see you succeed, and they want to put you in position to succeed. So I think that Andre, if he's going to return to the NBA next year, it'll probably be with the Thunder on a small-term deal, you know, both money-wise and years-wise, uh, and that'd be totally fine. I want to see what Andre can do. And then Devin Hall and Kevin Hervey, two-way guys. I, I There are two-way guys for every team in the NBA. Neither one of these guys are going to make a varsity roster, in my opinion. And of the two, I'd much rather have Kevin Hervey. I'm very interested in what Kevin Hervey could do as an NBA player with more minutes. And on a tanking team, you can get Kevin Hervey more minutes. Devin Hall, I'm not big on. I'm not sold on Devin Hall. I think that he's he's not even a player worth taking a flyer on. I think that there's going to be better options in the undrafted free agency market and just random players out there that can be a better two-way option than Devin Hall. But Kevin Hervey... I've liked him in Summer League. The Thunder have liked him a lot. I want to see what he can do as a two-way player on a losing team where he will get more opportunity and he will get more minutes. So coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk about the next five big storylines around this Oklahoma City Thunder offseason, talking about player options and team options and which uh, players the team should pick up their option for, talking about what next season will even look like from an NBA standpoint and a Thunder standpoint, how long will this rebuild process take, the direction with Shea and this team, and then the fan support throughout this rebuild. That's all coming up tomorrow. I want to leave you with a five-star iTunes review question. If you go to Apple Podcasts, we have a five-star review, and there's a question there or a comment or a opinion in there. I will read it on the show. This first one comes from Ryan H148. He says, great show, very informative and very interactive. Do you think that the Thunder should draft a guy like Yudoka Azabuki from Kansas and replace Steven Adams at center if they trade him or acquire uh, more assets for, for Adams? And then he says, I'm not opposed to keeping Adams if he will sign a team-friendly long-term deal. So yes, I do think Adams will be forced to sign a team-friendly long-term deal after next season. Uh, the question is, of course, as you mentioned, will the Thunder want to keep him around? Uh, but for Udoka, I've seen Udoka's entire college career. Every single minute he's played at Kansas, I've seen. He's not an NBA center. He has some motor issues. And, and that's, not to be, that's not to say he doesn't try hard. He tries incredibly hard, but his motor just is not there. He doesn't have the stamina. He does not have the ability to go more than he does. He's had motor issues even in college. He's had injury issues at college. He cannot stretch the floor even remotely. He cannot stretch you past the block. He cannot go out and guard the perimeter. Yudoka has a ton of flaws, especially as a center, especially in the new age NBA. I love Yudoka as a bookie because he tries so hard and he cares so much about improving, but there's just not signs there 
that he will improve. But Yudoka as a book, as a person, seems like an amazing person who's fought through a lot of adversity from his, from his basketball career. He just does not seem like an NBA-type player to me as much as I want every Kansas Jayhawk to impress in the NBA. Yudoka as a Buki just won't be one of those guys. Uh, but as far as Adams, I've touched on that before. I'm fine either way. As long as the answer is not keep pounding your head against the wall and having Adams be your majority minute center, I'm fine either way. And that's not to say that this year he can't be your majority minute center. I'm talking about once you're ready to contend again. When this team is ready to contend for a championship, Adams cannot be your long-term every minute center. He just can't. Next year, year after all your tanking, sure. But once you're ready to compete and go to the postseason again, he just cannot be that guy. But I do think that you're right. He will sign a a team-friendly deal. Uh, He'll be forced to because his market just will not be there, especially not next season when there's so many free agents out there. But thank you for that five-star review and your question. And I I appreciate you saying that the show is very interactive because I do try to get ways for everyone to get involved. If you have Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. That's that R-Y-L-A-N underscore T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at LLThunderPod. You can call into the show if you only have a, a landline or a cell phone or something to call into the show with. You can do that as well and leave a voicemail with all of your questions, comments, concerns, takes, opinions, whatever, at 405-362-7128. And you can use that Apple podcast review as a five-star review question soundboard to get on the show as well. I appreciate everyone who participated in the Reddit mailbag we did last week. So I also do the Reddit mailbag and try to get more people involved with this show. And it's been fantastic so far. And I appreciate all of that. But we'll be back tomorrow with those next five burning questions heading into this offseason. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.